Welcome to the Fitness and Nutrition Simplified Podcast, where we take all the confusing, conflicting information and break it down so that you can live your healthiest, strongest, most energized life. I'm your host, Brian Fitzsimmons. Let's get it started. Hopefully I'm coming in loud and clear. Ugh, this podcast has been... <laughs> treacherous from the start i won't say bad but it's been rough um this was originally filmed on saturday and now it is tuesday so i'm coming at you from yesterday if you're listening in on wednesday i know they say on podcasts never date it or make it known like what day it is but i'm breaking the rules i don't care about that <laughs> but yeah so filmed it already then I got to the editing part where I try and make it look all purdy and make sure that it's easy to cut it up and make sure you guys see it on the social medias. And I accidentally deleted this episode. So we're back. And now at least you get a halfway decent intro. Um, so it's not repetitive or anything, but basically right now, I'm just killing time while I wait on pizza. I'm not going to lie. Uh, my girlfriend's down in Philly. I'm in Tom's River, New Jersey right now. And she's down in Philly taking like the biggest test of her life. And she's on her way back now. And yeah, so all went well. At least it seems like it did. Very excited about that. And yeah, I just got about maybe 30, 40 more minutes till the pizza gets here until she shows up. So hopefully it comes at the same time and I time it up beautifully. That'd be ideal, but we'll see. I got the Prosecco ready to go, so we're going to have ourselves a night. <laughs> but that being said, <clears throat> the first topic that I wanted to cover today is my personal journey when it comes to the weight loss, uh, because I feel like I'm giving out all this advice and stuff and I should tell you a little bit as far as like what I'm doing and like how to go about it because I've been pretty quiet when it comes to oh, my weight loss journey. Like I really haven't said a whole lot. I, I mean to you guys is probably like the extent of it as for what I've been giving away <laughs> when it comes to like social media, the Facebook group, like really have keep it to you guys. I don't want to really highlight my stuff, but anyway, how it's been going is like, I just hit the 10 pound mark, which is great. It always feels good hitting that first 10 pounds down. And <clears throat> sorry, the, uh, the Buffalo chicken dip is getting to me. <laughs> the, the tortilla ch chips just sit in the back of your throat. But anyway, now that everybody is feeling that visual, or whatever you call it. Uh, what I was getting at is that that first 10 pounds down feels really good. And I feel like the lack of showing off every single point, every checkpoint, every single weigh-in, all that crap, I'm just not a big fan of it. I'm really not. And not be like from a laziness standpoint, even though that probably has something to do with it, but more from the side of like, I've seen so many friends, family members, 
all do this thing where they'll get on social media or they're like whatever, Facebook, Instagram, and say, hey, I'm going on this weight loss journey. If you guys have any tips or you want to cheer me on along the way, go ahead. And I've never seen one of them work out. Not a single one. Yeah, trying to think of one person, just one that I might have. And I really, I can't think of a single person that put it out there on social media and benefited from it. Because when it comes to your weight loss journey, I'm a big believer in the fact that you need a tight circle. You need a really good support system. And when you open it up there for social media, it's like asking, it's like playing Russian roulette. (laughs) Because for some people, all it takes is like going to a family party or going out with friends or something. And one person says that comment that really digs at you and then you're like screw this I'm done like I'm I'm over this and it completely derails you and completely like takes the wind out of your sails and if you put it out there on social media it's not if but when some jerk off is gonna go and comment and say oh you're doing this exercise wrong or oh my god you're like some dumbass comment about like oh you shouldn't be wearing that or something along those lines and that's like a guarantee for failure. So when it comes to your own personal journey, you really want to make sure that that circle of people that you let in on your journey is ironclad. Like you want to make sure that they are your people. So when it comes to your friends, you want to have those friends that are like asking questions and not like dickhead questions where it's like, oh yeah, you're going to do that. How are you going to do that? Like not that. It's like, Oh, so do you want like a gym partner? Like, oh, I got some good ideas for you. Some recipes that really like I think are pretty good. Like the friends that really are there and trying to help you or just at, like genuinely stay curious and ask you, how's it going? How how are you doing with your progress? Like those are really good people to keep around. And those are really going to be what bring you to the finish line. The friends that are always questioning you along the way, like I really differentiate genuine curiosity with like trying to poke holes because there are the people that will ask you like, how's it going? Oh, that's great. Can you tell me more? Like, what are you doing? Like, what, what's your routine like? And then there's those people that are like, like I said, like they're always saying something along the lines of, why are you doing this? Oh, come on. Really? It's only like one beer. Oh, you want to be on that health kick? Like I've heard everything under the sun because <laughs> I've done two bodybuilding preps. I've tried to um, do these weight cuts for a long time. I've always been on the bigger side and I'm all, like in the forever diet for it feels like and just learning the right way to do it and slowly doing it over time. So hit my stride, but This is all coming from a place of experience. And if you have people like that in your life, I totally understand. And they're not always easy to get rid of because that brings me to the second group of people, which is family. I have a client right now that let me know like her, her brother grew up with horrible self images. And I hurt for them because like they always had their parents like poking at their weight or saying something like a low, a low blow here. Like, Oh, you got to get your weight up. And let me be clear when I say 
when parents are saying that, it's because they think that you you having like extra weight on is somehow a reflection of them being like poor parents or the image of your family as a whole is somehow diminished because you have like a couple extra pounds in their eyes and it's really their problem it's not yours because you're now on a like if you're in this group of people you're now on this journey of self-improvement and self like control and you're on a good path and their opinions of how you look hold no weight at all. And that takes a lot of mental discipline. It really does. Because parents know how to push your buttons. They they raised you. They know exactly what gets under your skin. And they're also set in their ways. So if they think, oh, I don't know why I don't know why my son or daughter is getting so upset. I've like they've had this issue and I've told them to do this, this, and this, and they don't listen to me. And it's like, all right, it's really, at the end of the day, it's their problem. And they feel like they did something wrong and they're con- always trying to fix it. When in reality, it's your life. You're, on, you're in control now. Their opinions, their judgments of you, they mean nothing. And they're only going to hurt you. So at least in the beginning, because I'll tell you this, sometimes parents do turn around and this goes for any family member, brother, sister, parents, aunts, uncles, they're all guilty of saying shit that gets under your skin. But eventually when they see your level of commitment and discipline, they're going to be asking you down the line, Ooh, so what'd you do? Oh, can you give me your workout plan? Like I want to do what you did. And it's crazy how the turnaround happens because I'll never forget, I had, um, when I did the my second bodybuilding, eh, my first one too, I really was, a, I'll admit I was kind of a dick because when I was, when you, everybody knows, when you get hangry, you're the last person people want to be around. And at the time, I was living with my parents and my dad was king, king of making little jabs here and there and like I would have all my food weighed out and he'd go over and grab something that I just cooked just to mess with me and there was one particular instance where there was one particular instance where I cooked up like eggs bacon and uh, potatoes and I was really looking forward to it I was pumped and he goes and grabs a slice of bacon and I lost it i'm like i have this much food throughout the day this is all i get you could go eat your potato chips and not have a care in the world and i was and after the fact he's like that was kind of mean and i'm like yeah you're right but he knew what he was doing and i'll get to the the point here when i did get on stage and i did do the flexing and all that and like they he and my mom and everybody saw my hard work. Now, my dad still shows off those pictures. <laughs> he's still like he's like the proud dad showing off like this is what my son achieved at some point in his life. And now I look at these pictures with abs and I'm like, "Oh, I wish I could get back to that." Not really. I don't I wouldn't I would never want to get back to that place where I was like I mentally could not function like I was a zombie at work but that's besides the point the what I'm getting at is 
parents, family members, friends, you want to limit the ones that are not super supportive because eventually they will come around. You don't want to cut them out completely because then that kind of just makes you a dick and you don't want to do that. And when you're, when they do come around, they're going to be just as great as they were before. So just for your mental sake during this journey, it could help keeping them at an arm's length. Like if they want to chat about random stuff, then sure. But when they, when it comes to your weight, when it comes to your appearance, when it comes to anything fitness, nutrition related, just kind of push it off to the side, change the subject, walk away, something like that. And for the love of God, do not put it on social media because it's just asking. It's asking for somebody to say something. And on top of that, let's say you do get super supportive people. That creates another problem because now it's like, if I don't get this external validation from everybody liking this picture or commenting, you go and all that, for some reason, it doesn't feel good enough because I've seen that happen too where somebody will do incredible work and they'll post their pictures and everything's great and then they get a little bit out of shape and they keep recycling pictures from when they were in shape and it's like when you ask them how they're feeling now, they're like, God, I just want to get back to that. Like right now where they're at isn't good enough for them in their eyes because they're not getting that external validation from people on social media. So that's another problem in itself. It, it, there is something to be said about doing it for you and really like being good enough for yourself. Cause that's what really matters at the end of the day. Like you're in your own head 24 seven, you might as well have a good relationship with yourself. Like screw everybody else online, screw all your friends from high school on Facebook and the random aunt that loves to like every single thing that you post. They they're great and all, but they don't dictate your worth. So I'll end it on that. That's uh, as far as I'll go on that topic. So just make sure that that support system is good to go. You'll be happy. You'll be happy that you did like a little audit almost or like a little cleaning of of the house. (laughs) Um, Next thing is going to be one cue at a time. This one goes into the training. So for let's say you're in a, a gym, you're in your personal training session and you have a trainer, and this happens a lot, where they're brand spanking new. They know exactly what us exercise should look like. They know exactly how it should feel. They know what they want, and they've got like 10, 20 different cues running in their head. And what when you go for it, you give it your best shot, and then that trainer all of a sudden goes off saying, all right push your big toes down, twist the knees out, butt back, chest up, breathe. And you're like, what the hell? It's like a shotgun just went off and he threw 10 things at you. Okay. When it comes to learning a movement, you want to do it one step at a time. And this is also important for people when they're trying to learn a movement on their own, like going off of YouTube or like some sort of a video. A lot of times you see these, these, uh, videos when like guys like Jeff Nippert or um, Girls Gone Strong has a lot of good ones. Uh, But whoever you're looking at, the reason that they list so many is because 
they're not going to make a part two, a part three, a part four, a part five for the exact same move because you're not going to come back to it for one. And two, it's not like very time efficient and it doesn't really tie together well. There's not a lot of congruency. So that's why they load up these videos for you to get what's going on. However, a lot of them fail to tell you that you shouldn't do it all at once. You don't want to do every single cue in the moment because that's for one going to confuse the hell out of you Two, it's probably going to cause some paralysis by analysis like you're just going to be frozen and be like uh crap what was i supposed to do and third if you have a lot of like a lot of weight that you're using and you're running through a checklist in your head your chance for injury goes way up it's just a fact and so when you get down to it. What you really want to do is nail the big rocks first so that you're safe, you're strong, and you got like 80% of the movement down. There's always going to be that 5% that you're always going to be working on. A move is never going to be perfect. You could ask anybody that's an absolute professional in the fitness space, what bodybuilding, powerlifting, CrossFit, whatever. There's always something you're going to be working on. But to get that 80%, to get you a lot of benefit, you want to focus on like the big, big things. So when you see yourself in the mirror and you see the video that you're working with, first off, cut yourself some slack because it's not going to look as good as somebody that's been doing it for years and years and years. Second, try and get it as close as you can. So I'll just go off of the main moves. Like for bench press. If you can make sure that your feet stay still on the ground and that your chest is puffed up the entire time, that's going to pretty much cover a lot of it. And then you can work on things like keeping your butt down, squeezing the bar, trying to break it in half and all that. But if you lock your feet into the ground and keep your chest puffed up, that's 80% of the move right there. Or squatting. If you make sure that your knees don't cave in and they stay separated the entire time while your feet stay flat, that's going to cover a lot. And then if you keep your chest up, make sure you don't look like a uh, like a cat that's curling over about to ta- about to attack. Like they call it like a cat back. As long as you don't look like that, you're probably fine. So, knees out, chest up, that's going to cover a lot of bases. And then for deadlift, same concept, flat back. And yeah, <laughs> for for the deadlift, really as long as your back is flat, I, that will clean up a lot of things because you can't really get in the right position without a flat back. Um, and then what's left pulling stuff is pretty self-explanatory. Like for the most part, people have a hard time messing those up it with the pulling stuff and the pressing stuff. As long as your shoulders are away from your ears and they're pushed down, that clears a lot of stuff up. Notice how for each of those, it was only one or two things. That's all you really need to start. And then you can add stuff in. So for the pulling movement, like once you keep that shoulder down and away from your ear, then you can work on your arm stretching forward and then squeezing the shoulder back first before the elbow or for the deadlifts. Once you get that flat back down, then you could start messing around with where your feet are supposed to be and like the position of your knees and everything like that because eventually the end goal here is for you to chase a feeling because 
like I said before, the checklist is really just going to mess with you mentally. If you're thinking, if let's put it in perspective, if you have for a deadlift 300 pounds on the bar and this is like your one rep max, hopefully, and you've never lifted it before in your life and you're going through a checklist in your head, all right, flat back, push my big toes down, knees twisted out, butt up, grip the bar really, really tight, tuck that chin back, and then pull by slamming your shoulders into the back wall. That's not going up. You're just going to be so in your head that the bar just isn't going to move. Now, let's take another approach, which a lot of like powerlifters use, for example, and say one cue that kind of knocks a bunch out at one time, which is grab the bar and stand up and push your feet through the ground. And then that allows you to focus on one thing, give it your absolute all effort and boom. Chances of you being safer, being stronger and actually doing the damn thing go way up. Okay, and last but not least, topic number 3. Eating plain chicken doesn't mean that you're doing good. What it means is that you think that a restrictive lifestyle is somehow like a sign that you are better than your previous self or better than other people potentially. And that's just not the case. There's no good or bad foods. There's effective and ineffective foods. Now, is chicken better than Sour Patch? That depends. Are you the type of person that needs more protein in their diet? Are you the type of person that needs more quality, nutrient-dense foods in their diet, if that's the case, then yes, it's a better option. But let's say you're on the opposite end and you are super restrictive to the point where you only eat chicken and broccoli and that's your meals for every single meal of the week. If you were able to eat Sour Patch Kids without feeling guilty, without feeling like you failed, without feeling like less than what you are, then that is a gigantic win. And I'd make the case that that sour patch for that person is healthier mentally than the chicken. So it really comes down to what you are going for and what's right for you. Because there is no one cookie cutter approach where it's like all these foods are exactly what you should be eating. Like that's where I just roll my eyes and tell, and like in my head, like when I hear the bodybuilding crowd saying, like, oh, if you want to get cut, you just got to eat ground or you just got to eat chicken tilapia. And I'm just in my head, I'm like, shut the fuck up. Because that's not true. <laughs> it's just not. There's so many people that get on stage that get ridiculously lean without super perfect diets. And for the general person, or general population, average person just trying to lose a little bit of weight, get stronger, look toned, gain confidence in themselves, it's absolutely unnecessary. And in most cases, it's the worst possible idea. Because when you go with the super restrictive mindset, it sets you up in this like mental state where if you don't eat your meal plan, this is why I hate meal pl meal plans. When you don't eat your meal plan to a T, all of a sudden you've failed. And guess what happens as soon as you're in that mindset of, I failed? Binge city. Everything that you have been avoiding for the past however many weeks, months, that pizza, the cookies, the cake, it is all you're going to eat for the next like 24 hours or, or longer 
because you're like, well, I'm off the plan now. So why do I care? And I can say this because I've done this. <laughs> like when I was back to those bodybuilding shows, when I was in that mindset of like, I just got to hit my macros perfectly. I hit the stage, felt good. And then as soon as I was done, all of a sudden enters in late nights, me and my brother playing video games, eating nothing but taquitos, Sour Patch Kids, Elio's Pizza. Uh, somehow Arnold Palmer made its way into the into the mix. I hadn't had that since high school, but it found its way in. And it's that all or nothing, like restrict binge mindset that really is one of the worst things that you could put yourself into because that's where a lot of people are and they don't think that their patterns of eating are disordered but they are like saying eating disorder probably a bit of a stretch but disordered eating patterns I would say that a lot of people do have them because we grew up with the mindset of I have to look a certain way and the way to do it is how Arnold Schwarzenegger did it how Jane Fonda did it how all these people back then, all they ate was chicken, broccoli, fish, the Mediterranean diet, and all this crap. And it's like, while the that does hold some weight, those foods are very helpful. They're not the end-all, be-all. Having a 80-20 mentality is probably going to serve a lot more people a lot better than that type of approach. So when I say 80-20... 80% whole foods, nutrient dense, the quote unquote good foods, and then 20% the sweets, the like stuff that wouldn't be considered great. Like when you go to Trader Joe's and you think everything's healthy, whatever's in that snack section would still be in that 20%. Or those whole food baked goods where it's like, you know, they're not good, but it's in whole foods and you're like, well, it's not that bad. That would still be in the 20%. So Adopting that sort of a mindset where most of the time you're great and you're sticking to your plan and you're getting everything that you need to satisfy your goals, that's the way to go about it. Because at the end of the day, it's not about good or bad. It's about effective or ineffective. The diet that you're on, is it effective in, is it a, does it allow you to stay adherent? Does it allow you to stay consistent? Now, if it's so restrictive that you keep binging over and over again, it's not effective. If having a brownie once in a while keeps you on track and maybe your progress isn't super fast, but it's slow, it's consistent, it keeps happening, you can have your cake and eat it too, then that's effective. So keep that in mind. I hope that this helps. I think the pizza's almost here. Fingers crossed, hopefully. Um, and yeah. Hope that you guys got something out of this and I will see you next week. Until then, have an amazing rest of the week. Have an awesome weekend. Go kick some ass and I'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening in. If you enjoyed it, be sure to leave a five-star review and make sure that you hit that subscribe button so that you can catch all the upcoming episodes of the Fitness and Nutrition Simplified Podcast.